Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and our guest today is a woman who needs little introduction. The world knows Nancy Frades and the global charge to battle ALS that was inspired by her son, Pete. The Ice Bucket Challenge may have brought their journey to light, but their work since then has been a testament to the power of love and the story of a tragedy turned inspiration. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. So great to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I I have to say I've been I've been watching some of the interviews that you've done. I've watched the TED Talk that you do, and and one of the questions I had for you before we even turned on our microphones was, had you been a public speaker before? And you really hadn't. This has really changed your entire focus in your life, your entire mission. And you had an interesting thought. You said, everything that came before this prepared me for this moment. Absolutely. I feel that in my bones. Yeah. yeah. And who would have thought that a challenge to pour, to dump ice water over your head back in 2014 would actually be the catalyst to a global, that would have the global impact that it has now. You could not have imagined it back then. I couldn't, but Pete could have. Really? Oh, yeah. He knew. He knew. He knew from the night he was diagnosed. You know, as most people know, he had set the vision for us six, um, six hours after being told he had two to five years to live with no treatment, no cure. And at 27 years old, and that night he told us, uh, we're going to change the trajectory of the disease. So when the, so people, some things that don't, people don't really understand is that Pete had ALS two and a half years prior to August 2014. Mm -hmm. And it was during that two and a half years that we really set the groundwork following Pete and listening to his vision and following the work ethic that he brought to this. Um, cultivating and and really engaging a whole new demographic to a disease. And I I always classified ALS that March of of 2012 when I really wrapped my brain around it as an unheard of, underfunded, and not included disease. Mm -hmm. And that's what he said. So honestly, when uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge uh, came to us from Pat Quinn in in, uh, New York, he looked right at it and said, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. So he had that kind of forward thinking. How much did it raise? It raised a quarter of a billion dollars. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I want for people who, who um, I think most people know Pete's story, but for those who might be um, unfamiliar, talk a little bit about leading up to March of 2012 when he was mm-hmm. 27 and got that diagnosis. He was, he went to BC, he was an athlete, he had a new girlfriend, he, you know, was looked like the picture of health. Mm-hmm. Talk about those days leading up to 
up to that? Yeah, Pete's our middle child. And it, very early on, um, we were told by teachers and coaches in Little League or Pop Warner that he was a gifted athlete. Hmm. So we, we kind of knew that. We knew not only did he have the physical talent, but he had the mental determination and the work ethic to really understand what being an athlete and going for those dreams of being a Division One athlete, understood what that meant. Mm-hmm. So he was a kid, I, I would say, um, he was very charismatic. He was a leader. Um, but when I, when I talk about Pete, the leader, I like to talk about the fact that when I would talk with coaches or teachers, they would say, oh, yes, he's the leader of the class or of the team. But they would say he would always do it with kindness, inclusivity, and most importantly, by example. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what I was most proud of. So he ended up going to BC to play Division One baseball, uh, played in the ACC, um, hit a home run at Fenway Park during the bean pot. And after um, he left BC, he did not get drafted. So he went over to Europe and played baseball. So he played professionally in oh, Europe. Oh, I didn't realize for a that. Year. Okay. Yep, in Germany. Yep. Came home. And said, you know, he was 25 at the time, and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to move to Southie. Of course, for all you BC grads out there, you, you get that. That's where you go <laughs> after you graduate. And um, moving to Southie, getting a corporate job, and I'm going to live a large life. But what he also told us was that he was still going to play baseball. So in Boston, we have this great um, league called the Intercity League, which is a highly competitive baseball league. And John and I used to laugh. We would go to the games and you'd see all these kids show up at like nine o'clock at night in their business suits and they'd rip <laughs> off their business suit and put on their baseball. And they, I mean, really, it was college players, uh, ex minor league players, a couple of ex major league players. So that is um, where Pete passion really was. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I always knew he was looking for something else. I have to be perfectly honest with you. And he actually told me that in August of 2011. We were on vacation, and he told me he wasn't passionate about his job. And his exact words to me was, Mom, I'm supposed to be doing something else. So the day he was diagnosed, when the doctor delivered the diagnosis, uh, my husband always um, articulates that when it hit Pete, it was like the doctor told him an ending of a movie that he already knew. So um, he really um, was very, I don't want to say comfortable, because how are you comfortable with a terminal diagnosis? But he was very focused um, and very aware that he was in a new war. And as he expressed it, I'm. this is my new team, because that is how Pete thought. It was always in the in the concept of team right so ALS is my new team and he took the leadership role which is to me astonishing as the person Mm -hmm. who was recently diagnosed that night he sort of assembled all of you and gave you guys directives and said okay we're not going to wallow in this Mm -hmm. we're going to move forward here's what we're going to do and um, he led the charge rather than feeling pity or why me which to me that new into it I can't believe that he even had gotten his head around it yet, and yet he was like, here's what we're going to do. Right, because he had, and now we know he had self-diagnosed himself. So he pretty much knew oh, we I were going to get ALS. He, okay. I mean, he didn't know for sure, but... He suspected. He, he suspected, because he knew what symptoms he was manifesting, and he also looked up 
the tests they were putting him through. So there's a very specific test called an EMG, which is literally where they put needles in your uh, muscles to see if the motor neuron is sparking. So it, it's pretty evident that if they get you to the level of an EMG, um, they're looking at ALS as a possible diagnosis. So he, he had really, so all those things, you know, for me, it was a piano that hit me over the head, mm -hmm. literally. I thought they were going to tell me he had a pinched nerve. But everything that I felt in the next 24 hours when I ran home and jumped on the computer and started doing my due diligence about this disease, Pete had been doing that over a couple of weeks because it had been about two weeks, he said, before he we got the actual diagnosis. So those three words of, you know, the, the biggest word was unacceptable, you know, right. that the situation was unacceptable. He, he had already, I believe, formulated in his mind that if indeed this is what it is, this is unacceptable. And um, I'm a proud mom to say that um, how he looked at that was this is an, when you're handed an unacceptable situation, what you do is you get to work. And that's what he told us we were doing. We were going to get to work. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We've been chatting with motivational speaker, philanthropist, and uh, force of nature, Nancy Frades, about her family's mission to find a treatment and a cure for ALS, about the global movement inspired by her son, Pete Frades, and about the ice bucket challenge. Let's continue. ALS, uh, no treatment, no cure. Mm -hmm. But 100 and, or $200 million later... Mm -hmm. What's happening? Yeah. Are we getting closer, Nancy? What's what, what can you tell us about milestones that we're reaching? Sure. So I, I guess how I put it is that in 2012, uh, we didn't even know where the tunnel was. And I would say today, in simple terms, um, we're we're in the tunnel and, and we can kind of see where we're, we're headed. So, um, for instance, uh, let's talk about the results of Ice Bucket because, you know, it's wonderful to talk about the movement and, mm -hmm. and, you know, the viral videos and what's your favorite. But, you know, a movement. What is it if there's not results? Right. So um, prior to Ice Bucket, we had only one major gene associated with ALS. Now, what's important about that is that's the target, that if you have a gene associated with the disease, then you have a target for drugs and therapy. And we only had one associated with ALS since 2014. And, and the disease had been around for 150 years. Mm -hmm. um, since 2014, in the last four years, we have had four new major genes discovered. And, That's incredible. And what's most incredible about it is that uh, one of the unacceptabilities that we found when we came into the space was a lack of collaboration. And uh, the last gene that was found by actually Dr. John Landers out at UMass Medical um, was done in a global and international collaboration. So not only has it been articulated that the dollars that that brought these genes to the forefront came directly from Ice Bucket, but it also forced collaboration amongst different researchers that have been working in silos virtually um, to discover it. So that's a huge one. Um, the second one is is that we, we still say no treatment and no cure, and I like to um, 
to rectify that statement because in August of 2017, last year, mm-hmm. we actually had a drug approved for ALS. Really? Yes. And the interesting thing about this drug, it's called Radicava. Okay. And the interesting thing about this drug is that it had been in Japan for 20 years. And during 2014, a neurologist in Japan looked at the mechanism that the drug had been used for for stroke patients and said, well, maybe that'll work in ALS. And they did three clinical trials in Japan, and they found that there was a 33% efficacy of uh, 33% of slowing down the That's disease. significant. 33, when you have a two to five year yes. prognosis, 33% is, is incredibly significant. significant. Yeah. So um, I guess the disruptor here is that they came to the FDA in the United States And the FDA, when you bring international data, for the most part, will require at least one clinical trial run in the United States, um, which would take, you know, a billion dollars and more importantly, in our disease, two to three years to complete. But the FDA and I was in the room when Janet Woodcock from the FDA looked at a group of ALS advocates and said, we heard you, and they approved and brought the drug to market without requiring a U.S. clinical trial. So today, if um, you receive an ALS diagnosis, where in 2012 we were told to go home and not come back for three months, there was no reason to come back to the hospital because there was nothing, nothing they could do. Don't even go to the pharmacy because there's nothing. Um, Today, if you receive an ALS diagnosis, you will have an option. Your neurologist will tell you there is a drug that they have found that in some ALS patients... Will slow the progression. Will slow the progression. To me, if it works, it is a miracle, and we are so grateful. And I have talked to patients that it's working in. I will tell you I've talked to patients that it's not working in, but I'll tell you this. We walked out of Pete's office of the diagnosis with no hope, none. Every question we asked was crushed. No, there's no treatment. No, don't come back. Can you imagine going to the doctor after your son gets a terminal diagnosis and you say, when do you want to see him again? No. And they say three months? Right. I looked at that doctor. I go, three months? What are you talking about? That's when Mama Bear comes out. That's that's the start of Mama Bear. I have a huge Mama Bear. My producer Kendra's nodding her head because uh, when it comes to your children, you'll do anything. So we left, and and (sighs) honestly, today, um, it's going to be, well, there's no effective treatment because in the world of ALS, an effective treatment would be to stop it, right? You have ALS, but we're going to give you something that's it's going to stop it or it's going to slow it down by 90%. Mm-hmm. Look, at this is a gift for 33% if it does indeed slow it down in, in, um, in us. But I think the most powerful component of the whole thing is hope because you're given hope. Mm-hmm. If you're given a diagnosis like that and then they tell you, yes, but come back tomorrow, we have something to put you on. Right. That would have been a complete diametrical change for my family. Yeah. I, I, I tell people the story that I went home that night, and you know what my visual was? It was Pac-Man. Now, now I'm dating myself. But Pac-Man and the yellow Pac-Man that rips through the maze, right, and then will hit a either, you know, whatever color um, it hits. The little ghost. The little ghost. And it would either slow it down or it would stop it and wither, right? Right. So I just thought, because that's how they talk about it, it progresses through through your body, right? So at the time... 
Pete's hands were atrophied, but we knew it was going up his arms because we could actually see the motor neurons dying through his skin. They were they call fasciculations, and you can see them. So we knew eventually it was going to take away his whole arm. We knew eventually it was going to grow, come up his legs and take away his legs. So I would think of that Pac-Man rummaging through Pete's body with nothing stopping it. Nothing. And the thought that they would say, give him this drug, and I would see that Pac-Man slow mm-hmm. down by 33%. I, I, it that been imagery whole... is very powerful. Very powerful. Talk about how Pete is today. He's got a wife, Julie. Mm-hmm. I know they um, they were only dating a short time when he got the diagnosis. Uh, they got married a short time after that. You have a beautiful granddaughter. How old is she now? Well, Lucy was born on August 31st, 2014. Don't lose sight of the fact that oh. she was the exclamation point of For the, the miracle bike bucket month. Ch- yeah. She was due in the middle of September. And she I'll never oh. forget when she walked through the door on August 30th and said, we got to go to the hospital. Oh. So Lucy will go through life um, when she studies her dad. She studies the phenomenon of the ice bucket challenge and know that she was born the last day. So, so Lucy was just, just turned four last week. Yeah. And there's a book that I know came Mm -hmm. out last year Mm -hmm. um, entitled The Ice Bucket Challenge, but it's about Pete's life. And um, I think so many of us are so because he's so young and he has a young family. um, There's a story there that is it just puts such a human face on the disease, Mm -hmm. because I know I used to think it was something older people got. And you don't think of it as something that this young, strong, you know, he uh, knew that. He yeah. knew that we're, you know, we we're an entrepreneurial family. Um, the kids grew up with uh, my owning my own business, and um, they they were marketing and business majors. And you know, Pete and our our family looked at it as a business opportunity, which is really strange. But that's how we felt we had to approach it. Well, probably the main reason of that is because that's what our skill set was. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, that night, the first thing I thought of was going into the lab and trying to figure it out myself. But <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I, bar- I barely made it through BC freshman biology. So I knew that wasn't going to happen. I'm with you on that. <laughs> no. I wasn't going to happen. So, you know, so you, what you do is uh, you look at what your skill set is. What can I bring to this? We, we put down the pros, the cons, the challenges, the areas that we wanted to um, to, to take over and, and try to change, and, um, and that's how we attacked it. If you're just joining us, this is Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and we're talking today with a woman who has been on local, national, and international news outlets as she leads the charge in the fight against ALS. She is Nancy Frady's mother of Pete Frady's, a young man battling ALS with courage and bravery and who has inspired a global movement to eradicate this disease Team Freight Train is as powerful as ever, right? It started day one, and it's still going strong. You yeah. guys are just such a force. And and I love when I see Pete's family, too. One thing that struck me, there was a video I was watching of, uh, I think the Today Show did a story mm-hmm. on you guys. And what I love is the way Lucy interacts with her father. I think a lot of people, when they see somebody who's in a wheelchair or somebody who's sick, they they don't somehow know how to interact. And she, that's just dad. And she just climbs up on him and loves him so much. And same thing with his wife, Julie. You know, this is, this is their family. And I love to see that because again, um, the thing people have to remember is his brain is intact. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah. Pete has lost, um, 
every function in his body except for his brain function and his eyes. And he can kind of smirk a little bit with his lips, but everything else is um, has been taken away from him in the past six and a half years. But I think the most important piece of that is that we live. And um, if there's one thing I'm most proud of is I believe that there was a major mindset change during the Ice Bucket Challenge that the community and the people um, suffering this disease and their families around them no longer is somebody dying from ALS. It's now a person living with ALS. You see, a lot of those dollars from Ice Bucket all also went to enhancing assistive technologies. So our focus has kind of shifted. Um, the, the freight train's focus has kind of shifted um, just because of the progression that we've been in. And there's a lot of people rallying the call for research, which, of course, is so important. Mm-hmm. But today's research is truly not going to help the people who are living with ALS right now. So, um, of course, we we know firsthand the challenges of living with a, a, a progressed ALS patient, and um, and that's the piece is living. So you want them to be able, while you know it doesn't, you don't need your legs to live, you mm-hmm. don't need your arms to live. Honestly, um, Pete's heart is as strong as ever and as loving as ever. And he, Lucy, and Julie live. Um, I had a fun anecdotal story. Last week, I was in the supermarket, and someone said to me, hey, was there a tra- a freight train um, uh, event at um, a local restaurant last night? And I'm like, not that I know of. And I was like, why? He says, I swear, I saw all these people going in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Pete, Julie, and Lucy went out to dinner. <laughs> So and it became we, an well, event. It's a yeah, it's, you know, exactly. we've got the nurses, we've got the equipment, you've got the van, and our local Beverly community is so incredibly, you know, supportive. So we'll call down to the restaurant that we're going to, and we're saying, Pete's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I swear to God, I think they take plates from people and move them out of the way so that Pete, Julie, and Lee. So the other night, um, on Friday night, Pete was given the varsity medal, um, the Hall of Fame at BC. Oh, and that's it was awesome. the banquet at BC. So of course John and I went because really to travel at night it, it's it's really very difficult right now. Pete really stays local if he goes out at all now. And we're at the banquet and I was just about to go up and accept the award on his behalf. And I said to Julie, well, do you want me to put you on FaceTime so he can see it? And she said, well, no. She says, just tell everybody, you know, thank you. And we're so grateful. She said, because me, Lucy and Pete are watching Mary Poppins right now. Yeah. Just a normal day in the Frady's household. And she sits on his lap. (laughs) Yeah. She'll sit on his lap while they're watching Mary Poppins. You know, a lot of us as parents, and I'm a parent, um, we think that we teach our children, mm-hmm. but you always talk about all the things that Pete has taught you mm-hmm. through the last six years. Mm-hmm. Tell us quickly some of the things that he's taught you. Well, he the most important thing Pete has taught me is I, I, I'm a very type A personality, shocking, right? Um, and uh, he's taught me to be present. And I think if there is a gift to come from this and, and something I talk to people about is to be present. If you're with somebody, be with that person. If you're at something, take it for 100% of what it's giving you. When um, It's just one of those things because when you're present, not only 
are you so acutely aware of the gifts and blessings around you, you know, which we normally would take for granted and not see? But the other thing about being present is that opportunity comes in a lot of different costumes. Pete saw a terminal diagnosis as an opportunity. He was very present in his life. And when that ice bucket came across his feed, look, the ice bucket had been around for eight months. We never told anybody that we started it. We did not start it. It was around for so many different causes and so many different diseases. But Pete was present enough in his life and focused on his mission so much that when he saw it, he saw opportunity. He saw the vehicle that he was waiting for. So that's a, that's a, an incredible lesson for me. Um, I talk about uh, March 12th at 9.46 in the morning in 2012. My husband, myself, Pete, our family, our extended family, we all had calendars full of things to do, right? We had work. We had vacations. We had you know something to do Saturday night with our friends. And at 9.46 a.m., None of that mattered. Nothing that was going to happen afterwards mattered. What mattered was what was happening at that moment and then what happened five minutes later. I'm here to tell you it's a cliche. Your life can change in a minute. You have no idea what's going to happen in the next five minutes. So make sure that right now you're living life at the best you can be. And um, the other lesson that I've been given and, and gift that I've been given is if you remember the ice bucket challenge, I think the thing you'll remember most is that you probably did it with friends or family. It was joyful. You laughed. And it was a time of love. And most of all, you did something for someone else. And with the news climate that we have now and the things we have to deal with, think back on that. And what you need to remember is we raised a quarter of a billion dollars in six weeks because people are good. Mm -hmm. We're running out of time, which makes me sad because I really have so many more things I want to talk to you about. But one little piece of, of news is that, you know, there was a book last mm -hmm. year and, and now we're going to see a movie. Yes, it will. We can um, say that. Yeah, we can definitely say that it's um, it's definitely happening. It's just I'm not, uh, you know, aware of how things work out in California. And I think they're hitting a lot of bumps in the road lately. So, <laughs> um, But it's written. The studio's on board. Pete has been cast. Um, so we're it will be filmed in the Boston area and Beverly um, around our area. So um, we think it will be in production hopefully by next year. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So How exciting we're, we're to bring really the story to more audiences across the country, across the world. Um, and the most important part of that is that it's all within our mission mm -hmm. because this comes out and no matter um, what the, the, the theme of the movie is, people will see a young man who, number one, faced a challenge and, and did the best he could. Um, but the other piece is that you'll see... Um, a lot about ALS. So it will continue to raise the awareness and hopefully more funds. Looking forward to that. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Thanks for having me. Not only for all you do in the fight against ALS, but in what you are teaching us about how to respond in the face of incredible challenges. You are doing it with grace and compassion and a fierce commitment to change what is unacceptable. We are all behind you. And we are behind Pete and your entire family as you literally pave a new way for those who are battling this devastating disease. Thank you for sharing your mission with us today. Thanks, Sue. 
I'm Sue Tab, and you've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. Remember that exceptional women are everywhere. We talk to celebrities and authors and CEOs, but we are also interested in your neighbors, your coworkers, and friends who are just quietly making an impact in their communities. Email us if you know someone you'd like to suggest. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to my producer, Kendra Petroni, and to all of you for listening. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.